This week's podcast is brought to you by Focal USA. Get all your favorite sports memorabilia at Focal.com. Welcome to the final podcast of the 2022-2023 Maple Leaf season. This is your host, Pat LaRusso. I'm joined by my co-host, Ed. Ed, I know we're doing this far too early than we had all wished or imagined or wanted. How goes it on your end? Well, you know, that was a tough pill to swallow. I mean, but hey, it is what it is. I mean, we made progress. We made it out of the first round. At least that was one hump that we exceeded. And they put in a good fight. I mean, all things considering, it is what it is. It was, uh, now we wait and see what happens here. You know, my biggest gripe with the whole situation is not that the Leafs played like shit against Florida. Because I think that they had started to begin to overcome their own shitty play. Because game five was probably the best game I saw them play. And to have them go down like they did, the goal that should have counted, to the goodest holding of the stick, like, you can say whatever you want about the Leafs up until that point, but that that doesn't negate and that shouldn't, because I think, I think both two situations can be correct. The Leafs shit the bed four games prior. Game five, that's a game that they deserve to win. Oh, 100%. I mean, there's there's plenty of times, too, where early on in this series, it wasn't even so much that the Leafs shit the bed. They were the better team, but they just came out on the wrong side of it. I mean, yeah. you saw that in the Tampa series, and in, in, in it went against Tampa. I mean, ultimately, yeah, it cost Toronto this time around. And, yeah, I'm – I am uh, – yeah, I'm at peace, but I'm still not – satisfied with the result i think it was I, I mean i truly think we got the raw end of the stick but i mean what's done is done there's no point dwelling on it that uh, that was totally a good goal there was some pretty shitty missed calls there was in that series in general there was quite a few qualms i had with the officiating and with you know the player safety department i mean you see how i know circumstances were different in the vegas series there where you know petrangelo and nurse and them get uh suspensions but what went down there and then the transgressions of sam ben you know manhandling uh knives there and causing him to be put out uh for the rest of the series and then just you know nothing no discipline oh yeah Yeah. there was a five thousand dollar fine for the cross check to bunting but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, whatever. It's I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. It is what it is. I'm still happy with the way the Leafs played. I think there was a lot of positive, all things considered. Um, And I mean, I'm I'm going to look more at the optimistic 
side of things than the negative. You know, and, and I generally do, but I think my, my biggest issue has always been the inconsistency. And the fact that we're talking about, you know, someone needing to lose their job because of a goal that probably should have counted bothers me. Yeah. Like it's, like I said, once again, it's, you want to wreck the, you know, rake the, the leave the, you know, this Leafs team over the coals for how they started off the series against Florida. Fine. Do it. My biggest issue is, is you take game five and stand it alone. That game had the elbow to Marner to end the third period. No call. The good goal. And did anyone even stick? I, I think what bothers me is originally the NHL said the puck didn't cross the line. When they realized it crossed the line, then it became the referee blew the whistle. Then we find out the referee never blew the, blew the whistle and he intended to blow the whistle. Yeah. My issue with that rule is it opens it up for bias. At any point in any game, Heck, it can even happen in the Stanley Cup Finals of this year. A referee will make a judgment call, I meant to blow the whistle. What in God's name, and I'll say, what the fuck does that mean? I intended to. It's either a dead play or it's not. You can't intend to do anything. Was like, is there video of the referee intending to put his whistle in his mouth? Like that, that would be intention. But if there's no motion of the referee even attempting to put his a whistle in his mouth. And it's not even the referee that was standing over the net. It was the referee at center ice. And how the goalpost constantly moved on that goal, I still have people tell me, oh, no, the referee blew the whistle. I was like, no, they didn't. Oh, no, the puck never crossed the line. It did. What if I told you that the referee intended to blow the whistle? And that's why the goal got flagged as no goal. People don't believe me. Yeah. And then I have to show them the actual tweet by the NHL that states the goal was considered no goal because the referee intended to blow the whistle. Yeah. How do you prove it? So does it count from now on if you intend to score? I guess. I, I guess. Yeah. So then, yeah. I don't like, know. Like, I, I, that's... I, that's the part about it. It's, and they had to find the most obscure rule in the rule book to justify their, their mistake. And like I said, I don't, we don't, we'll never know. Maybe the Leafs lose in six. It doesn't matter. That doesn't change what the outcome should have been for game five. Yeah. So it shouldn't negate what we saw in game five. And let's be honest, the Brody delay of game penalty wasn't called by the refs. No. It was called by Florida. Yep. The, the, the four players were losing their crap because they thought Brody did. And then, and then they convened and then they gave Toronto a penalty in overtime, no less. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm at a loss. I mean, I, I've come to peace with it, but... No, but I, I can't when I look, when I hear see people on Twitter saying that Kyle Dubas should lose his job. Yeah. I can't accept that result if it means that, you know, everyone's now questioning the core four. And you, yeah. like I said, whatever happened before doesn't matter. Because in that one moment of time, this team was robbed of a good goal. And it's back-to-back seasons it's happened. 
back-to-back playoffs. Yep. I, yeah, it's kind of hard not to kind of ha- put a conspiracy theory hat on. And no, like, I don't think so. Screw them, but no, no, the thing. NHL's stupid. They're too stupid to conspire anything on this large of a scale. Too stupid. Yeah. That's but. my problem. Is they have so many of these stupid rules that can be applied a thousand and one different ways. That's my issue. Well, that's the thing. There's too much gray. It's too. It's. It needs to be more black and white. I guess. It's just, that rule it's, should be completely removed. Yeah. If you're telling me that a referee is going to essentially stop a good goal from happening because he intended to blow a whistle, yeah. prove it. Like what every, does it? Yeah, like it, it just opens too much to interpretation. Like I'm sure it does. every team, every team intends to win every game. They don't, but they intend to. I mean, every team intends to win the Stanley Cup every year. Only so should the, should so, so when the Leafs shot what almost sixty go- shots on net between reg- the regular, you know, and then and then overtime, the Leafs intended to score. Does that mean they win three two? I guess it should be. <laughs> I mean, I guess that means what they should have won in regulation. They that should have should have counted, but but that's my problem. It's the fallout, you know. It, and that's my biggest issue that I, I think a lot of people lose when you have these conversations. Like, if you're just trying to be objective, is it impacts so much more. It does, and it and then when you then when you start reading, like looking on Twitter, and you seeing people outside of hockey questioning the call. Like, did you see? Tim Peel and, and Mark Cuban go at it on yeah. Twitter. Like when non-hockey people are, are scratching their head going, what the hell did we just watch? The NHL should stop. If it's a legit league and not run by Mickey Mouse, if it's a legit sports league, shit like this should never happen. You know, you want to miss a penalty? Fine. But you just negated a good goal. Yep. I mean, it, it would be, there was, like, that's the thing. It was 100% a good goal. It, there's concisive proof, no matter how anyone wants to try to eschew it to say otherwise. But here's have, my issue. They have a rule in the rule book that they didn't apply in this circumstance, continuation. The puck never stopped. No one stopped playing. So why didn't the continuation rule not negate the, the referee intended Clearly because the puck's moving. They they were saying they explained it in the post-game broadcast. I think it was what Dallas Akins that was sitting in. And I guess according to the rules, because Riley took another whack at it, it negates the opportunity to rule it under continuation. So because that like final little crack he took just before he celebrated that negated the continuation. So that's how that wouldn't apply in that situation. But it's still the fact of the matter is there was video proof that was shown in the arena. The situation room had seen it in multiple like TVs that you clearly see the buck going across the line. It was in, you see in the replay it's in, I mean, if you didn't see the one angle that you see from like the, I think it's the net cam where like you see Bobrovsky 
shake out the puck from his skate. And it was across the line then. And, he, and then he just quickly kicks it out. But like the blown up angle that they had from like, it's like cross the rink still clearly shows the red line, white ice, and the puck underneath Bobrovsky's pad. It's a goal. But and it, it, it and the thing is, it, it opened the floodgates to stupidity. Because yeah. I have tried and I've tried not to go down certain certain Twitter wormholes of stupid trades. I oh. saw one guy he wanted to trade Mitch Marner and Nylander and bring in Bertuzzi, Tom Wilson. So help me get this straight. We can all accept that the Leafs played like crap, and we can all accept that they scored, what, no more than two goals on average in the Florida series? So your suggestion is to remove any semblance of goal scoring to a team that already struggles. I kind of equate it to driving a car, knowing your car has a quarter tank, and instead of filling your tank, you poke a hole in the gas tank. Yeah. It's absolutely asinine, some of the shit that I've read. I mean, I took a couple of days off after the loss because I knew how toxic our, that tw- like Twitterverse was going to be. So I'm just like, no thanks. But yeah, seeing the, seeing the just absolutely ridiculous stuff posted out there, of just I, it blows my mind. I mean, there was a couple that actually had some credible scoring assets coming back. I think one was like Panarin and Cap, uh, what is it, Caco Caco or something from the Rangers for Marner and someone else. But yeah, I mean, you're pretty much trading away the core four for pennies on the dollar for returns. Because, you know, we got to go back to the Brian Burke, Neanderthal style team because that's going to get it done. I mean, our team doesn't lack toughness. I don't like we didn't get pushed around. They pushed back against both Tampa and Florida. Florida, you know, is a greasy but tough team. I mean, you've seen a lot of just just shitty play but and i mean like not in a you know terrible way but like you've seen some greasy true gritty i'd call 80 style hockey in that series that florida plays i mean hard nose tough to play against throw the body finish all their checks but they've got a couple guys that you know they they walk a line and sometimes cross it in their game but yeah like we didn't we stood up to them yep so we weren't getting pushed around. So, I mean, getting a Tom Wilson, getting a Bertuzzi, I mean, it's not going to solve problems. It's just going to create more problems. Yeah, because the Leafs are ref differently. Yeah. That's what happened last year. Everyone's like, oh, the Leafs didn't play tough. Yeah, because they kept on getting penalized. Speaking of being penalized, Florida went almost eight, over 87 minutes plus with the penalty. Yeah. I, I, it, like, it, it, it can't happen. Like, that makes no sense. And in that 87 minutes was the Bennett driving Nyes' head into the ice, tackling him and driving his head into the ice, the bunting cross-check to the head, the Gudis blowing up of camp after the whistle. It's funny. So they can intend to call back a goal, 
but they clearly didn't see um, Gudis blow up camp after a whistle. Nope. Nope. Like it didn't happen. What are you talking about? It, it, yeah. Like I don't get it. I just, yeah. I can't follow the line of thinking and it just, it just, like I said, it brings me back to the stupid. Like, so yeah, like a stupid call cost the Leafs a series and now I'm reading stupid trades. Like I just happened to make the mistake of opening up Twitter as we were recording and there's someone suggested the least trade Mitch Marner to LA for Drew Doughty. Yeah, I, I just, even the shit that I've read, I made the mistake of reading, I think, what was it, an article posted on Sportsnet of key guys that the Leafs should go out and sign. I Number two on that list was like John Klingberg. I'm like, why? What is John Klingberg really? I mean, yeah, he's a great offensive defenseman, but it's Tyson Berry. Uh, I mean, we don't need offensive defensemen. We've got plenty of our own. Yeah. And they're good. I mean, it, I just, there's, I'm, change is needed and there will be change. But the smartest thing that we can do is don't be irrational, be patient. <laughs> Yeah, a measured approach is what I've said. You know, yeah. like it, it, And, like, that goes from top to bottom. It's, I, I mean, I voice my opinion. I think at the end of the day, if anybody's going to fall on the sword, it, it could be and probably will be Keith. I, I don't, but... At the same token, it's not like I want that to happen. I mean, at the end of the day, it is on the players. The coach has done everything he can, although there is times where I do feel he was the inferior coach. But at the same time, I think the the play of his players, um, you know, there was just those shitty stretches where, yeah, players didn't do him any justice, but... Yeah, at the it's, but I guess then it comes to the beaten the dead horse. Like every year, it seems like it's always got to tweak the roster. There's always something. I mean, I think it's more important of evaluating what we have for assets here and who we need to keep and prioritize. I'd say Samson off is priority one. Yeah, Sam's not, Sammy's not going anywhere. I think Shen is. I would put tied second with Ryan O'Reilly for me. I mean, Shen was an asset all the way through his leadership on and off the ice. Um, I mean, was outstanding. I mean, his physical presence, uh, at least what he brings that end. I mean, he's a solid number three guy. And I mean, I'd love to see him stick around. Just, I mean, he's still a very serviceable bottom six defenseman with a lot of experience and all the assets we need. Um, and then of course, O'Reilly, but I don't get the warm and fuzzy with that one, but personally, I think it's a situation. We'll see how it plays out, but 
I'm not completely ruling out him being gone for good, but he's definitely one I'd want to prioritize to get. Yeah, to. yeah, I like that, and and I would add Nola Chari to that list. Oh yeah, absolutely. Can't forget and then, him. And then here's my thing: if you're going to trade either Marner or Nylander, which is probably where it's this is going, right? I'm not doing. I'm not making that trade out of anger. Because if you are going to take pennies on the dollar, you're no further ahead. So if you're trading Nylander, you have to backfill his offensive production. Yep. And I don't think I would be content on getting a play like two players at like 50 points each. You're no further ahead when the playoffs we know scoring dries up. Yep. So I would want someone that could produce relatively close to what Nylander can produce. If I'm trading Marner, once again, I need someone that can complement Austin Matthews. But that one, but that trade gets complicated because you have your franchise center that clearly likes playing with Marner, who's going to become a UFA. And I'm, I'm seeing this one thread of someone saying, oh, you know, the Leafs should hard, you know, try and hardball Austin Matthews. Are you nuts? You're playing chicken with a free agent. You can play chicken with a restricted free agent, not an unrestricted free agent. You pay him what he's worth. Give him his 14 or 13 or whatever it is that they figure out you need to give him. Maybe Maybe it's a little bit more than what McKinnon got. I'm fine with that. Yeah, he's he's earned it. I mean, that's the thing. It, it, for me, it's it's tough because like we shouldn't. In my eyes, that's the problem. Like we keep focusing, we have to trade to get better. But how are we going to get better? Like trading one of these four. I mean, we're privileged to have this core that we have. And I mean, you look at playoff Riley if we got him for 82 games a season as well, which I mean, this season that went by, I, yeah, wasn't a great season, but last season after he signed that extension, the, how he played so carefree, but like was not a liability defensively. Like he was just a solid two way defenseman. Yeah. And then we got playoff Riley, who was beast mode. I mean, if it's hard to see at least with the core four and forwards upgrades Riley's of that group the only one that you can find improvements on but it's but like you said it's one of those things when you're making that trade the only way you make that trade is if you're able to work out a trade like Florida and Calgary worked out last year. I mean, all things considering, I mean, except for Calgary not making the playoffs, I think the the deal for Kachuk going to Florida for Uyghur and Huberto was and still will be overall a great deal for both teams. I don't think so. I think Calgary's regretting it. I think I think I I there's there's something it just doesn't it's not clicking for Huberto. And even Uyghur didn't the have coach. the best of years. I think that was Sutter. I, I'm I'm not going to completely. I still think that in right now. I think in the grand scheme of things, it should work out to be a pretty solid trade. I mean, 
Kachuk is Kachuk. But yeah. It's one of those things. I'll rule on that next season when they get a new coach there. Because I just think it's Sutter. Like, yeah, he went out. He went out with a bang, literally. Uh, not too many people had too many nice things to say about him, unfortunately. But I don't know. I'm looking like I just I look at that trade and I think it just kind of just happened. Mind you, we don't know. We don't know who's going to come available in the off season. Yeah. Um, obviously, any of these types of heavy moves will probably happen fairly early on. But I, I really do think it's going to boil down to what happens with Austin Matthews. Yeah. Because if Kyle Dubas doesn't re-sign and the Leafs trade Mitch Marner, Matthews is gone. Yeah. I, I yeah. And Matthews right is now, gone. Yeah. And right now, like, it, it's... And what bothers me is these people that are making these stupid trades have completely forgotten what the years were like under Burke, Nonis, and JFJ. Yeah. They forgot. They forgot how many years we missed the playoffs. It was abysmal those times. I mean, it, it, it was bad. Like, it doesn't, it, I, I know it's, I know, you know, what we're saying in this podcast isn't going to appease a lot of the angry fan base, but anger doesn't, anger shouldn't be what you lead with to fix a problem. No. And it's concerning to me when I see Kyle Dubas say stuff like, it was taxing on his family. It's either the Leafs or nothing. And the fact that nothing's on the table for one season, guys, you may want to have Kyle Dubas fired, but you don't know what's coming. Yep. And when I look at some of the rumors out of Calgary that they're looking at Dave Nonis, like, is that what's out there? And then I'm seeing people post, oh, if the least fire Keith, we should try, you know, what's his face, Boudreaux. A guy, the guy that hasn't won a, a, a playoff round in how many years? Like, I like Boudreaux. I like him on TV. I don't like him coaching the Leafs. No. no, we can't. I mean, we've gone through enough of that era of coaches. <laughs> like, but in, but like I said, I my happy compromise would be a Gerard Gallant. If you want to take a flyer on Tortorella for a couple of years, but know that he burns out. He doesn't, he hasn't, especially lately, he hasn't been able to stick in a lot of different markets. Yeah. And I, I have a hard time seeing torts really in this market. I mean, entertainment value, the interactions between the media and him would be priceless. I guarantee. Oh, yeah. That. He would, he would, he would torpedo, torpedo the media here in Toronto. So, but yeah. oh, yeah. That, that, that would not end well. Tortorella yeah, versus the Toronto media would not end well. No, but I, I, I kind of would pay to see that. <laughs> so, but yeah, in all seriousness, though, yeah, Gerard Gallant is really, I and like I said, maybe Peter Lavio. Those are like the only two I would consider that are available. I mean, other than that, everybody else, they're. I don't want none of the fossils. Uh, those that that archaic style of coaching is, you know, being phased out. There, there doesn't work in this day and age. So, yeah, I think, like I said, and like we've discussed, I think the best time is just is be patient and take time to reflect and look at the grand scheme of the big picture. 
you know, be methodical in this. You don't have to rush to make a decision. And then for our sake, I really do hope it's Dubis that's coming back. And I have no qualms if Keith comes back. I mean, I, we're going to have to tinker with the roster, but I mean, you're also got a lot of guys that are on expiring contracts. Yeah. So. There's, there's going to be, there's going to be some flexibility that I don't think people like, here's the other thing. It happens every off season and it doesn't matter that there's a website called cap friendly. And if you really want to do some research on the Leafs cap situation, you'll realize it's not that bad. The Leafs have a lot of money coming off the books this year. And if they do decide to remove one of Nylander and Marner, they will have a lot of money to maneuver this off season. Yeah. And I mean, you look too, like you've got a couple young kids that will be coming in on, you know, their entry level deals like knives. He'll, will get an opportunity. Yeah. Holmberg. 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 I think, I think, I think the Leafs should, should feel comfortable walking away from him. And, to be honest with you, as much as I've been a huge, and you know this, Ed, and, and I've said this on multiple podcasts, I'm a huge Michael Bunting fan. But Nyes can replace him. And yeah. it's unfortunate. Unless Michael Bunting's able, you know, willing to take a discount, I didn't mind him on a line with Ryan O'Reilly. Maybe, you know, if, yeah. if both take a discount, you can make it work. I like that as a dynamic. But Michael Bunting, for all the issues with the league, is more of a liability. And I don't 100% blame him. Because I think at times the referees need to grow a set and not take everything so personally. And yeah. it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. It is like, it, once again, it boils back to officiating. But like I said, when it comes to Michael Bunting, if he's willing to take a discount, so be it. But I'm, I would be perfectly fine starting Matthew Nyes with Austin Matthews. And, you know, if, if, if Marner stays with Mitch Marner for the year, I'd have no issues in the top six. I thought, I thought, he showed better than I could have ever imagined him to show. So, yeah. And I, I would personally have Holmberg penciled into that fourth line center role. Yeah. Like I've seen, like what I've seen of camp, especially in, against Florida. I, I mean, he, he wasn't effective. And if we can mean, like if we're able to keep Achari and ideally O'Reilly, I mean, camp becomes irrelevant. Because you got Lafferty, who can also play center. And, I mean, yeah, you got to make room for Holmberg if, you know, he's in RFAs. But I see the Leafs definitely re-signing him. Who, Holmberg? So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Bunting, yeah, I'm not paying over, like, two, two and a half for him. And I don't – he's going to get that somewhere else. And he didn't, he didn't, and unfortunately, you know, last year he was injured, so he didn't really perform in the playoffs. And this year, did he probably what, got one goal, maybe two? Yeah. Not. Like I can, I can double check because that's the great thing with the internet. Um, you know, it's, it just, yeah, I just, I, I like him a lot, but it comes this playoff, one goal and one assist for two points in seven games played. Yeah, I mean, it, it just that doesn't, doesn't that, yeah, it doesn't. And Matthew Nyes did the same with pretty much less, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm good, I'm good with moving on from Bunting if it, if he's not willing to take a discount. I, I, I would sorely miss Shannon, Ryan O'Reilly, and, and Achari. 
that if out of the UFAs, those would be the three that I would I would sign. Shen, he played really well, and that pairing with Roddy looks so good. Yeah. And he, maybe he, I I I could I mean like that's the thing. We could get him on a league min deal and like his uh, his comments like uh, at the wrap up there. Uh, he I mean he has nothing but love for being here. He was he'd love the opportunity to come back. I mean uh, he left it open to uh, I think he would welcome an opportunity to come back. Mm. And I mean, hey, if we can get him out of league men deal, do it. Because I think he, I mean, you look at if we have to go with an 11-7 format next season, potentially, I want him part of that mix. I mean, I want him playing with Riley for two-thirds, three-quarters of a game. And then, yeah, you can kind of juggle some of the younger guys or, you know, situational pairings you know if Brody's still around hypothetically because like you look at like the way Gio was looking you could see he was he was out of gas yeah he was he was here out of gas unfortunately I think having Shen is just a good you know he just worked and I think a full season would be great to see what him and Riley could do yeah no I I like the Shannon and Riley pairing um yeah I don't know I I really do struggle, and, I, and I'm very conservative in in what I would do with this Leafs team. If you can sign Nylander at eight and a half nine, you have to do it. Yeah. If he's looking for anything more than nine, then you have to walk away, unfortunately. But then it's like, who do you replace him with? And the more I see these trades and I look at what people are suggesting, I'm like, no. If if the outcome, if any of these trades that I've seen on social media, some from mainstream media and some from fans, actually happen, I'm keeping Nylander. Like it's either trading Nylander and bringing in a broken down Tom Wilson. I'm keeping Nylander. If it's trading Nylander to bring in Bertuzzi, I'm keeping Nylander. Yeah. Like I just I don't get it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. There's just nothing like nothing rational about any of these potential moves no like all you're doing is downgrading yeah like if i'm going to be accepting anything like less than a comparable and for me what uh, i mean pasternak i would take a pasternak for nylander or past uh no you'd probably go pasternak for marner I mean, I don't think Boston would do for yeah. Nylander, but but would they? Like, obviously, Boston's not going to be trading past, but you need to look for an equivalent. Yeah, like right. Okay, you need are to find you someone. Get a Brady Kachuk or a Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, then I'm exploring the idea because that is a player that you know he. It, it's an upgrade because of just the raw talent and you know the style of play. Like you can tell with Brady, he he's a natural leader. Matthew, I mean, he shows those ad, attributes, but I see Brady as a stronger like. But once presence. again, he's the captain of Ottawa. That's not yeah. you know what I mean. Like when you really start um, looking at you know who might be available, a lot of the decent names aren't. 
like, exactly. Like, so, like, are you? What are you trading to get a Travis Konechny out of out of the Flyers? You're probably not trading Marner or, or Nylander for it, no. for him. No. Right. So, like, make that move, but find a way to make it work. But you're not trading your two best assets, which you could, you know, really find a a because we have to realize what does Austin Matthews need? Cause that's the hole you're creating because we know he works with Nylander and we know it works in bunches with Marner. So you yeah. need to figure out who is available and who can compliment Austin Matthews and who can keep him in Toronto. Yeah. Cause I mean, internally we only seen brief glimpses, but I mean, to bank on someone like Matthew Knives to step in and fill the void left behind by either a Marner or Nylander going like, that's that's absurd to put that much pressure on a kid. I mean, hey, if he proves he can, fantastic. But I mean, I don't think you need to be like, and it's not right to try to put him into that or thrust him into that situation. So you need to, if you're exploring this avenue for real, you need to be getting a player. But I mean, the thing is, I guess it would also boil down to how are you going to upgrade at that position and get a replacement that is any cost, like more um, valued, like cost effective. Like, cause that's obviously, you know, the, one of the big stumbling blocks is the cap hit. Yep. It's just, uh, I don't know. I think for me, if I'm building this team and I know it's usually net out, but I'm comfortable with Sammy, I'm comfortable yeah. with Joseph Wall. So I'm, I'm starting from Austin Matthews down and he's a UFA next season after next season. We, if the Leafs keep him, then you have to figure out what it's going to take to keep him. And yeah. I don't, I personally, I don't like the idea. Like people are, you know, saying that the Leafs should fire Shani, fire Dubas, fire Keith. That's not what a franchise does when it wants to re-sign its franchise center. Having no stability is not how you're going to get Austin Matthews to sign that a new contract. So it has to, like, your decisions need to start from him. Like, he has to get signed, and then you figure everything else out. Yeah. I think, honestly, it just comes from augmenting around that core. Like, Like, that's the thing. But I like the I like what Tavares said. He's willing to go to the wing. So then, does that mean that the Leafs look for a second line center? I would be fine with that. Yeah. Is and that being said, is that the maybe the uh, a way of kind of you know paving the way to trying to bring back O'Reilly because I that when they had Tavares on the wing and O'Reilly in the middle, that was a phenomenal line. No matter who the yeah. other winger was, whether it was Willie or Matt, Mitch. And, you know, bringing in knives, you could have knives up at, you know, with Austin and whomever, whether it be Willie or Mitch and that top six, I'll take that top six every day of the week. And then you just need to complement it with, you know, tweaking your bottom six, which complementary players you can, you know, Dubas has been notoriously good at, you know, filling out the roster in minimal ways but i think honestly one of the moves i would explore that i have seen on twitter that i'm okay with is you know moving off of a guy like tj brody i mean he's been a 
fantastic defenseman, but and I don't know, like this playoff run, he, there was a lot of times I, I never thought I would have believed. Yeah. Him, he didn't, yeah, he didn't I, look I like, he didn't look like, he didn't look like TJ Brody. Yeah. Whether that, like nothing has been said that he was dealing with anything injury wise, but yeah, he just didn't look comfortable. No, no, this year there was something wrong with Brody. I don't, like I said, maybe there's an underlining injury that none of us knew about, but he didn't look like himself. Yeah. Um, but I said, I, I just listening to John Tavares, you know, in the exit media interviews and him saying that there's an openness for him to go to the wing. And clearly he was exposed. He doesn't yeah. have the foot speed to be a, you know, but why can't we convert him into a Steve Stamkos and put him on the wing and find um, a center yeah. that can skate, that can push the play? Yeah. Um, like I said, I mean, we've seen it already work fun fantastic once when o'reilly comes over here whether it's that being said it the answer doesn't necessarily but i don't think but I, o'reilly no and i don't think it can be i don't i i like ryan o'reilly i don't like him as a number two center i prefer him as a number three if we can get yeah. him at a number three i'm fine with that like I'm, yeah i prefer him as number three i once again his foot speed hurt yeah like and the, once again it comes down to the cap so if you move a Brody, if you're able to find a way to move Matt Murray's contract for the final year, alleviate yourself of that without ideally not giving up a first round pick, but push comes to shove, need be, so be it. Um, like I could see that being a draft day deal. And maybe that is why the Leafs held on to a first round pick. I, I mean, they have a strong relief in Wall, so maybe once Murray went down and Sammy took the reins, that was the clear indication to management as well as the fan base. This is who we should I'm go not, with. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about Matt Murray's contract. I think that can be easily moved. Maybe yeah. come around, you know, when when teams need to hit the cap floor or whatever. Because there's going to be a lot of teams that, that are going to signal a rebuild. Like oh, what are the like what are the Flyers doing? You know, the, like, like, like Tampa looked looked old, right? Like, obviously, they they wouldn't take Matt Murray's contract, but who might come available in Tampa? You know, can the like, it doesn't look like um, Perry's signing in Tampa, or sorry, yeah, in Tampa again. Maybe he becomes someone you take a flyer on for one year on the fourth line, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, look what he's done everywhere he's been. I mean, right, like. But He's why not? But, but once again, I'm not I'm not trading any assets to acquire the ability to sign him, but I would sign him yeah. if he were available. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's the thing. So it's just one of those things we just got to augment that bottom six. Um, you know. But just, you can find but there's bargains there. Like that's yeah. what the people fail to realize is, is the Leafs have a lot of contracts coming off the books this year. They have even more money coming off the books next year when Austin Matthews new deal will, will kick in. Right, the 24-25 season, they'll have the money. Yeah. Right. Like we know that that's how Dubas structured the Leafs cap situation. That when it came time to sign the big four, if it's still the big four, that the money would be there. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not it's funny because we're like, oh, the Leafs have, you know, Kyle Dubas ruined the Leafs cap. Has anyone gone to see what the final four teams are at cap wise? Currently, Vegas is almost 14 million over the cap. Yeah, Carolinas over the cap. 
yeah, like what they've got Patrick on LTIR. That's the only reason they they're icing a competitive team. Right? Like every competitor, like every contending team was over the cap. And the Leafs yeah. were, you know, the Leafs are are very well positioned to to pounce this offseason because they have the flexibility, a lot of dead money coming off. Yeah. Like they got a, a lot of roster spots that fill, but I mean, it's still, I, that's the thing. Like it's not the high dollar guys that you need to be filling the roster with. Like there's some, you know, mid tier price tags, you know, the 4 million guys, but I mean, you've got like curve coming off. You've still got, I mean, you've still all coming off. Yeah. I, and you've still got a legit amount of quality depth as it is still under contract with your knives i mean robertson's what not going to be available i think until october but potentially if he can get himself back into an opportunity to you know compete for a roster spot then that's another spot one less spot right like yeah so it's it's just finding you know the right couple pieces at the right price and like i said i i have and you know, me being, you know, fairly conservative on this, you know, where I see the team going in the, in, you know, for next season, it's not that I'm not willing to get off the core four, but if I'm going to trade a Mitch Marner or a William, my see, and here's my other issue is what we've seen from Mitch Marner in the playoffs has started to get me thinking, can he handle the Toronto market? And if he can't, and that's fine. And 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 he becomes because I think William Neander is perfect for Toronto because he doesn't give yeah. a fuck. Yeah. Doesn't care what the media says, doesn't care what the fans say. He just goes out to play. And every playoffs, he always produces. Yeah. Marner, on the other hand, might be the problem. And I think a lot of it is he does. People say he doesn't care. And Matthews doesn't care because they haven't won. You, you know, Leaf fan, sit on your couch. None of what you say or do on social media has any consequences. You could make a bad trade on social media and it doesn't blow back in your face. But if Kyle Dubas was to make some of these trades, he'd be out of job. If Mitch Marner didn't care, you wouldn't have seen the the look on his face. So I, I truly believe that he cares. I think my struggle with Mitch is, can he handle the market? And is Toronto eating him alive? Because he's the one that takes it the most personally. When when stuff hits the fan, him and Matthews seem to be the ones that really take it on the chin. They may not, you know, obviously, you know, they, they came out with their, you know, end of season availability interview or uh, locker cleanout interviews with, you know, very cookie cutter answers. But they care. Hundred percent, and I think Mitch cares enough that that, I think that's the part is he doesn't have enough of that. I don't give a fuck in him, like Nylander. If we could combine both, you'd have a very effective NHL player. See, I I think in my in my my opinion, like I I kind of liked Marner's mentality going into Game Four and Five. 
the way he handled the media at that point, it was like he finally had that breaking point where it's just like, all right, fuck it. I'm done with you guys. I don't give two shits what you think. This is my opinion. You know, but then he didn't it. show it on the ice. That's my concern. Yeah. Is so, when the puck dropped, I saw, you know, he went back to like, he stopped shooting. Yeah. I, 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 that's I, the part. That's holy, the one part that bothers me. Is he went back to pass first, Mitch? And and you seem to see that with him when, yeah, when he's really in his own head. Yeah. Because when he is carefree and locked in and just firing on all cylinders, yeah, it, it, everything is just effortless. It's just he plays on instinct. He doesn't need to think because it's just ha- like it's he's one. <laughs> just he's zen at that point. Um, yeah, where when he's fighting it, like you can see all he does is double clutch and and then the the button but. hook at the blue line. Yeah. Right? Like it's just yeah, I don't know. It it's yeah. it's one of the things that I, I, I truly believe that the solution is still within that group of four. I think you need to look at guys that can come in, help augment what they do well find some additional offense like i liked how kyle dubas navigated the trade deadline but i still had that inkling that they didn't have enough offense i would have liked them to see them come off of justin hall and and kerfoot and found some additional scoring and they didn't that would be the only mistake they brought the grit they brought the guys that play a little bit heavier game but what they didn't bring was that additional element of scoring. Yeah. That bit them in the ass the last three years. That yeah. if looking in back, that was, and I called it at the time, I thought the Leafs needed to really find some additional scoring. They didn't, but I was still happy walking away from the deadline. I liked the additions that they made at the deadline. Right. But looking back, it's like, what did we miss out on? And it was the additional scoring. The power play dried up again. You know, Matthew struggled in the second series. Marner struggled in the like the core four struggled. They went from having what 42 points in the series against Tampa to yeah. what? Against yeah. Florida. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> not a good look. No. Right? No, not, not a good no. look. So yeah, it you know, to kind of wrap up this week's show, I know it's it's been a kind of like a mix mash of everything, but it, it really does boil down to, I think the real solution for the summer is I'm hoping Kyle Dubas comes back. I'm hoping Austin Matthews signs, even though he did say that, you know, he doesn't see himself going anywhere else, but what does a Kyle Dubas not signing? Like what's the trickle down effect from not knowing if Dubas is resigning and then what happens with Matthews and then what happens the rest of the summer? I, I don't know. I have I, I, I know where I'd like it like it to go. But everything's up for grabs at this point. Until until Kyle Dubas says I'm coming back, everything else is and it's not a good feeling. And that yeah. and that's why I think it goes back to my original thought is the fact that a good goal got taken away is now causing everyone to go back to those old tired narratives. And if if it's not Dubas, I don't know. I don't like. I don't know what the grass looks like on the other side. 
Yeah. I mean, we fear change, but hey, sometimes maybe change is good. But right now in this situation, I don't see where change can make this better, at least not in the management standpoint. No, it can't. It, like I said, I, I, I'd be fine with Keith, you know, falling on the sword. I think that there's a, you could probably find some coaches, you know, maybe, you know, internally that might work. Maybe it's someone that, you know, like a Gallant that's available. Um, but then when it comes to the actual roster, unless someone has a trade that completely blows my mind and, you know, obviously, it, you know, you never know what's going to happen at the draft. That's usually when teams swing for the fences. I don't know. It's, it's going to be a fun summer. I, I think we're going to white knuckle it up until training camp, but I don't know. I, this is the summer that I have the most questions and the most anxiety going into this off season because nothing's settled. No. Yeah. Right now, this is the most uncertain this regime's had to, I think even, I mean, last year it was, there was a, a resolve that no matter what, like given the circumstances of going the, the seven and just falling short to Tampa um, felt different this year. We finally, you know, surpassed the first round, but to go out in five, like we did against Florida and it be so questionable. And yeah, like, like you've been saying, you know, to have this become what, spells the end of the the root you know the dubis rain yeah it, it doesn't give you a warm fuzzy feeling um i think right now it's just let's be patient but <laughs> it would be nice to have clarity sooner than later but in all honesty it's just yeah you, they just need to evaluate things and not make an irrational move and just see that Hey, this is the probably the best course of action, but hopefully for Dubis too, you know, takes the time to reflect and you know he hasn't been put through too much of the skewer here and wanna he wants to continue what he started. Cause if he doesn't want to be here, and as much as the Leafs say, Yeah, well, we want you back. If he doesn't want to be here, then that's out of our control. You can't force someone to be here if they don't want to be. Nope. But here we go. Buckle up, Leaf Nation. I'm hoping that, you know, in next week's podcast, we now, you know, we, we can we can announce that Kyle Dubas has come back and Austin Matthews on his way to a new deal. But there's a lot. I don't know. I have this weird inkling, like weird feeling that I think we'll know something about the Dubas situation this weekend. I think with sports kind of, especially in the NHL, not there not being maybe a lot of news. I think that would be when the Leafs drop a major news piece. But that would, that's kind of my only prediction at this point is I think we'll probably know this weekend. Uh, folks, this has been a wonderful um, season with you all. Thank you for your continued support. Um, we, you know, we hope to continue to have some wonderful contests coming up uh, over the course of the next season. Uh, we might drop a couple of surprises uh, throughout the summer as well. Um, Ed, this has been great. Um, and I guess we might have an emergency podcast next week. Who knows? So but uh, 
you know, if we don't, this has been a wonderful season. Ed, welcome to the team again. And uh, we'll do this all again um, come free agency and draft time. Sounds thanks, good, man. Thanks, everyone. Cheers.